Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back. In today's episode, we will hear the story of Colton Burpo and his amazing near-death experience. When Colton was just four years old, his spirit left his body during emergency surgery. His near-death experience was made into a book and later into a movie called Heaven is for Real. After playing Colton's story, we will hear an interview that Colton and his family did on CBN. During that interview, Colton answers many questions about heaven. Now I hope you enjoyed the story of Colton Burpo's near-death experience. How old are you today? We. And what is your name? And where do you live? In Nebraska. Who's your mommy? Sonia. Who's your daddy? Daddy Popo. Who's your sister? Cassie. That was eight years ago. Looking at Colton now, you would have never guessed that he almost died in 2003. His father, Todd, tells about Colton's near-death experience in the book, Heaven is for Real. And he started throwing up into the toilet, you know, and uh, at first we're like, okay, he's got the stomach flu because the doctor said it was going around. Colton's condition only got worse as days passed. His doctor discovered his appendix had burst and infection was spreading in his body. Time was running out. And we knew we were in bad shape when they, they say, well, you need to come out to the hallway. They separated us from everyone else and then someone came to us and started talking to us that uh, we got to have surgery on your kid. It was tough. Um, seeing your boy be lifeless when he was a very vibrant child. And it was at that moment that we were looking at each other. I remember my wife holding Colton in that hallway, just us. He's not even moving. We went to the surgery prep area, and I remember them hauling him away and him just yelling at me, Daddy, don't let him take me. Daddy, don't let him take me. And I went back to the, uh, uh, the pre-op room where we had left some stuff, and I was finally alone, shut the door, and I just broke down, and I was mad at God. I just frustrated, fed up. And I remember telling him, I said, God, after all I've done for you, and now you're going to take my kid? This is how you treat your pastors. And I was calling our prayer chain. I was calling anybody that would be on the other line to get Colton on the prayer chain because it was bad. We were there in the waiting room for an hour and a half, maybe. 
Then I remember the nurse coming out. Uh, is Colton's daddy out here? I'm like, yeah, well, Colton's a, a, a in recovery and he's screaming for you. And I'm sitting there with him. And I remember my son in that room then looking up at me and goes, Dad, do you know I almost died? And my first thought was, maybe overheard the nurse say that, or maybe they thought he was under anesthesia, you know, and, and he wasn't. But it wasn't till four months after we got out of the hospital that we finally listened to our son. And that's where I got to see heaven. No, Jesus and some angels came and flew me up to heaven. And I said, so Colton, what did Jesus look like? I knew that the first person I saw was Jesus. He was wearing white robes with a purple sash, and he just came down nicely and gracefully. Well, Dad, Jesus has markers. Dad, Jesus has markers. I didn't know what he meant, so I finally asked the right question. Colton, where are Jesus' markers? And he drops his toys down, he stands up, and he just points, Dad, they were right here. He takes his fingers, points to the palms, then he bends over and touches the tops of his feet and looks up to me. That's where Jesus' markers were, Dad. When I was in the throne room of God to start with, so I got to see what that looked like. I was upset because I didn't know what was happening. What God did is he used people that, people or things that I liked to calm me down. From there on, I felt better. And one day we're traveling together and he looks up at me and, Dad, you used to have a grandpa named Pop, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, he's really nice. Really? Yeah, you used to play with him as a kid and fix work with him on the farm and, and shoot stuff with him. And I'm like, yeah, how do you know that? Well, he told me. A figure came up and he was Pop. He asked me, are you Todd's son? I said, yes. He said that he was his grandpa. So that's where I met him. Yeah, Pop, uh, I was very close to him. And he was my most significant male role model when I was a kid growing up. Kid, but he was killed in a car wreck before I turned seven. Um, I was busy paying bills again, because um, that's um, my job, and he came up and told me he had two sisters. Well, he had to say it several times before he finally got my attention, and finally I put myself down and looked at him and says, what do you mean you have two sis sisters? No, I have two sisters. You had a baby die in your tummy, and I just looked at him like, well, how do you know you have two sisters? Well, she told me, and then he proceeded to describe her. She looked like Cassie, but she had brown hair. And first time when she saw me, she just came up and hugged me. We knew this was true because he said she kept hugging me. She wouldn't stop hugging me, Mom, and I didn't like that. Well, I'm not really the hugging type. I had miscarried the weekend of Father's Day weekend, which made it even rougher. And we thought we'd dealt with it. We got over, we accepted that the baby had died. But when he said he had two sisters, I was... I think I was in shock first and then trying to realize, what is he telling me? And so I knew that he had seen her and after he described her, and he says, she's just, she just waiting for you guys to come to heaven. You know, as we talked about heaven and he was telling me all these wonderful details, I just felt like I had to ask him, did he want to come back? I knew that I was leaving heaven because Jesus came to me and said, Colton, you need to go back. Even though I didn't want to go back, he said that he was answering my dad's prayer. I remember that prayer. That irreverent, that disrespectful, screaming at God prayer. <laughs> I was like, he's answering that prayer? 
Today, Colton is a healthy 11-year-old and shares his heavenly journey with boldness. I learned that heaven is for real and you're going to like it. Uh, for the rest of the story, joining us is the Burpo family. Todd, Sonia, and Colton, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, Colton, did, at what point in, in time did you know that you were really um, sort of in trouble? Was it when you were getting wheeled away from your dad? I'm not sure when I was actually in trouble. I just didn't like getting poked with needles. So, I don't either. No, that's, that's <laughs> not a good thing. Um, you say angels and Jesus came to you and took you to heaven. Um, did they just show up in the operating room? Um, actually, Jesus showed up first, mm -hmm. and he helped calm me down because I was scared at first. I wasn't sure what was happening. Then he, he had the angels sing to me, and that calmed me down. What did they say? Well, they sang, Jesus Loves Me, Joshua Fought the Battle of Jericho. Those were my favorite songs at the time, but... So they sang to you songs that you had learned in church? Um, yes. I find that pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> what did, what did, when, you went to the, when, when you went to the throne room, because that was the next spot, what did God do for you? Well, God, he was just there. He was just a being that radiated love. And even though he's so big, you're not scared of him because he loves you so much. And what he did is he helped make heaven be a happy place. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Um, what do you remember most about seeing Jesus? Well, I probably remember that I spent a lot of time with him. A majority of the time I was in heaven, I was with Jesus. What do you, what do you remember about his eyes? Well, his eyes, they were unlike any other that I've seen. They were just sparkling. What do you mean by that? Light coming out of them? Or? Well, it's hard to describe because there's no words that we have that can describe just how beautiful his eyes are. Well, when you left the hospital, um, what did you see as you were leaving? When I left the hospital, the angels, they, one of them took me and flew me up to heaven. But I could see down, and I could see my dad and my mom, and they were both in separate rooms having separate conversations. With who? Well, they were both praying to God, seeing it, making sure that I would come out of the operation. All right, Todd, what, what was your prayer? What, what were you praying at this time? Well, you know, I, it was desperate. I, I think uh, for me, you know, having the role of pastor, dad, husband, you know, I didn't want my boy to know how afraid I was. I wanted to be strong for my wife, and yet everything inside me at that moment, especially with him screaming, for me to protect him and me to do something, I couldn't do anything. Um, I, I was looking for a place to hide before I could shut the door, pull the curtains. And when I prayed in that room, it, it wasn't a prayer that was pastoral. It wasn't, I didn't pray scripture. I was mad. I was upset. I was God. Uh, the only thing I could think of is when David was pleading for the life of his son. I, my son's not gone yet, and I need you now. And uh, 
um, you know, it's probably the most honest prayer I've ever prayed in my life. And I, I think some people have asked me, because Colton shared later, Dad, uh, the reason why Jesus sent me back is he was answering your prayer. Hmm. And people have asked me, why, why did God answer your prayer? And all I can say is that's the most honest prayer I've ever prayed in my life. I mean, there was completely no role playing. I was just a dad that was desperate. And, and I think when we get in circumstances in life that are a crisis, we all want to run. The question is, am I going to run away from God or run to God at that moment? And I would just run into him with everything I had. I, I just got to have you show up now. All right, we're going to have more. Um, Jesus wasn't the only person Colton met in heaven. And we're going to have more, and we're going to prove to you that this story is true because he learned some things in heaven that he didn't know on earth. That's up right after this. Hello again. This is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. Well, less than two hours after Colton Burpo was wheeled away for surgery, he was awake and alive. At that moment, Colton told his father that he almost died. Four months later, Colton told his father the rest of the story, and we're going to get the rest of the story. What was the first thing that, that got you going, um, Todd, that something significant happened? Well, when we were driving back through North Platte, we, we, we finally had maybe healed from the experience enough to kind of joke about it. We said, Colton, do you want to go back to the hospital? And he, he goes, oh, no, send my big, send Cassie. You know, he offered up his big sister pretty quick, which we expected that. But he said, but, Dad, you know, why was there the angels sang to me? Hmm. And angels are not something that we discuss very often. Now, uh, we have Bible stories in church, read Bible lessons. We talk about Jesus all the time. But angels, that, that, that totally was a very rarely talked about subject. You, know, you talk about angels maybe at Christmas time, uh, the, the nativity story, but when he said they sang to him and he was very definite, that's what captured our attention. And we're like, okay, what did we miss? And then he said, well, Dad, you know, Jesus had the angels sing to me. And then when we asked him, well, where was Jesus? He's like, well, Dad, I was sitting on his lap. And that's where I, I was shocked. I'm like, well, how do you know that? And then when he started saying, well, Dad, I could see you, and then he started taking over the conversation. And then he talked to me about me being in that room all by myself. My wife at that moment didn't know where I was. Matter of fact, I'd slipped away. And when I came back to her and brought my stuff back, she was mad at me. Like, where have you been? I've been out here all by myself. You haven't been around me. And her cell phone battery was about out, so can I use your phone? I never told her where I was. You don't brag about prayers like that, even to your mm -hmm. wife. And then all of a sudden, here's my son. Dad, Telling I saw you. you. Yeah. yeah, I saw you. Um, and it was that desperate prayer. It was. Uh, when did you figure out that uh, this wasn't just Jesus coming into the hospital room? Well, but this I, was something a whole lot more. This is about a week later. We, go, we went to the, the trip to Sonia's brother's house. Then we come back, and uh, I, I wanted to go there because when he said he saw Jesus, you know, it was just burning in my mind. What did he look like? And so I started asking some questions. And on again, uh, Colton's a typical boy. Sometimes he wants to talk. Sometimes he wants to play. But then all of a sudden, he would just take over. I said, Cole, remember you said you saw Jesus? He goes, yeah. And all of a sudden he looks up at me and says, Dad, 
do you know Jesus' cousin baptized him? I go, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I saw him, and he's really nice. And then, do you know Jesus has a horse? And then he starts going on and on, and pretty soon this conversation just took off before I knew it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, you, you said you were in the hospital with Jesus. And wait a minute, did you go to heaven? He's like, oh, yeah, I did, Dad. And that's when I first dawned on me that that's, that's, that's what happened. And I imagine a whole bunch of biblical pas passages started popping into your mind with each one of his statements. You're going, oh, yeah. and, how, would and he, how would he know that? Exactly. And he would confirm stuff, you know. And um, being a pastor and, and knowing what was in the Bible and, and knowing what my preschool curriculum teaches and how he was going so much further beyond that, you're just like, okay, this didn't come from home. This didn't come from church. And uh, it obviously came from something he experienced. Well, Colton, something else came where you, you met a sister you had never met before. Tell us about that. Well, she actually met me at the gates of heaven. She just ran out and hugged me. At first I was like, who are you? And then she told me who she was. But back when I was three, I didn't like hugs, so. <laughs> Do you like hugs today? Um, kind Not of so grown much. into it more, but Not so much. no. Not so much. So she comes out and hugs you. How would you know it was your sister? Well, actually, she's the one that told me who she was. Mm -hmm. I had no idea who she was. Who else did you meet? Um, I met my great-grandpa, Pop. Mm -hmm. And then I also met King David, Samson the Apostles Peter and John, and Mary. Wow. You got quite a tour. Yeah. Um, Sonia, let me ask you, um, uh, who, who is the sister? Um, uh, between um, Cassie and Colton, we miscarried um, a baby. We didn't know it was a um, daughter. Um, we hadn't told the kids, because um, how, how do you tell anybody you had a miscarriage? You uh -huh. know, or a t-shirt that said, I just had a miscarriage. Um, and so when he told us that he had two sisters, it, it gave us such a healing. We never, um, we thought we'd gotten over it, um, but we still had that hurt. And this has provided some healing and, and some, she's okay. And it's a she. Yeah, I'm not sure it's ever anything you get over. My, my mother miscarried before me and actually had gotten to the point where they had named the baby. Yeah. Um, and um, curiously, if there hadn't been a miscarriage, I wouldn't be here. Uh -huh. um, so I'm, I'm really encouraged that I'm going to meet James Gordon um, yeah. uh, one day. And at the gate. <laughs> at the gate. He's going to come out and give me a hug, which yeah. is, is really nice. Yeah. What, what did Pop look like? Well, Pop, when I saw him, he was a young man in his late 20s, early 30s. That's what everybody looks like in heaven. But I, I'm, I'm liking that. Yeah. <laughs> So you look like your young self. But you met children, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, are, are they going to grow older? Are they? Yes. Like, if you were miscarried or if you died as a kid, what you do is you will still grow to your prime. But then once you hit your late 20s, early 30s, you stop and you stay at that age. Okay. Todd, how did you know he had actually met Pop? Well, I, I would take Pop. You know, uh, when I was a little kid, he, we were so close. He started telling me about things I did with Pop when I was a kid and how nice Pop was. But when he could talk about things I did with Pop, I was like, how do you know that? Well, Pop told me. 
So I take him to pictures because I, I wanted to get a description of Pop and he couldn't recognize him as the Pop that I knew at 61. But my, it finally dawned on me with the descriptions he gave us of his sister, how she looked a lot like Cassie but not quite as big. It was like, well, that's what I'd expect her to look like this side of heaven, except with wings. But so eventually I said, okay, Mom, do you happen to have a picture of Pop as a young man? So she sent me one. And this took a while to get it. I just hand Colton the picture. And, no, and I had never at, at any time, uh, uh, had he ever seen this. This picture was one that was put up in a closet before he was born. And I just said, Colton, take a look at this. And without even hesitating, Colton just stops and goes, hey, how did you get a picture of Pop? Right off, just like that. Huh. Now, there's no drugs, no teacher, nothing that could have spurred that memory. The only thing that could have answered it is he saw him. Well, the book is Heaven is for Real. The movie is opening today. And please welcome back to the 700 Club, Todd, Sonia, and Colton Burpo. What did you guys think of the movie? We loved it. Uh, after uh, three years of waiting, you know, people don't know all the steps, but uh, what we have today, and at the end of the day, they've kept true to their, their word to tell Colton's story, Colton's way, and, and we're really thrilled with it. It's easy for us to endorse this film. Sure. Well, I want to ask you, you know, uh, you, your father's book had little snippets. So you did this and that, that and the other. Well, what happened to you? Well, I had appendicitis. And during that time, what happened? Well, during the first surgery that I had, that's when I got to see heaven. But you left your body. You didn't die. Left your body. Yeah. Um, I could look down and I could see my body and then I could see my mom in one room and she was on the phone talking and praying and my dad was in another room and he was praying and yelling at the same time. When you got there, what was heaven like? Heaven feels like home. Yeah. I mean, we were made to be there with God, so it's just amazing the first time you get to be there. Yeah. All right. You saw Jesus? Yeah. And he, I spent most of my time in heaven with Jesus. Yeah. Well, there may as many people want to see Jesus. How come you? Or did he have time for everybody and you just didn't understand how it worked? Um, at the time, he was with me a lot. But if I wasn't with him, I was with my great grandpa and my sister. What'd you think? What, 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 did you understand this little boy came back? Did you believe him when he first came back? Well, at first, um, I've always believed in heaven, but I didn't know what I believed about near-death experiences. Uh -huh. That was something that, uh, it was a journey for me to sit down and, and realize that what my son was telling me really happened. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, being a person who grew up reading scripture, trusting scripture, and now here's, here's a child talking to me about what he saw. But for me, the advantage was, as a parent, you know when a four-year-old's telling you the truth, and you know when a four-year-old cannot invent the things he's saying. And I know what he get, get, gets taught at church. There's no way he had the depth, uh, the understanding, the things he was sharing. He couldn't read at the time, and he was talking mm -hmm. about things that no four-year-old's ever going to read in Scripture or be taught in church, and he was still right. And so it took me a while, but finally I realized that he was spot on, and, and this was true. You you didn't want a movie to be made of this, why not? No. Well, I, the integrity of the story. Uh, I remember in my first discussion, especially with Joe Roth, I was like, Joe, would you do anything that would violate your relationship with one of your sons or your children? He says, never. I said, that's my problem. At the end of the day, whatever you put up on the screen, my boy's going to see it, and he's going to hold me responsible for what you did.
I'm not going to take that risk. And so that was that was my big concern. Mm -hmm. So you tell me about the child you lost, that little girl. What happened? When Colton came back and said he saw two sisters, he um, he came in and announced it like this is the way it is. Don't you know? Well, we hadn't told him. Do you do you, do you believe? Did you believe what he was telling you when he came back, or were you skeptical of it? Uh, when he said he met his sister, that pretty that much solidified it because we didn't share that with too many people, and, and especially with him. How did, how did he know? Colton, what else you got to tell us about heaven? I mean, that, that, how long were you there? Well, for some reason, I said I was there for three minutes. Uh -huh. But it's kind of hard to grasp that I could experience all of what I saw in three minutes. Well, you say it was kind of like home. I mean, were they, you know, I've heard about flowers and beautiful birds and all that stuff and singing. Was it was any of that that you saw? Um, yes, there were a bunch of plant life. There was water. There were people. And there were animals in heaven. Animals? People ask us about dogs. Did you see dogs? I'm for horses. They had horses up there, didn't they? Oh, yes. They had horses. <laughs> they had dogs. Did they had they? cats. They had lions. Pretty much every animal we have down here on Earth is up in heaven. And they're all tame, though. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, you weren't scared, though, were you? Little boy, little, little fella. You, you, you were at peace all the time? Well, not at first. Not, no, in the hospital he was, but what was the first thing Jesus did for you? Well, when I started to rise out of my body and I could see my body and then my parents in separate rooms, I was scared out of my mind. I didn't know what was happening. But I was sitting on Jesus' lap, and he had the angels sing to me to calm me down. What else do you want people to take away from that movie or from this experience? Well, I think in the movie, it's very honest. And one of the things that's really good is it talks about broken pieces that people carry. And you don't have to apologize to me if there's a broken part inside you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be really good for people to come to this and, and hear from Colton and hopefully get some of those broken parts healed. They can talk about it. They can share about it. But most importantly, I hope that people realize that what Jesus did for Colton, he wants to do for you too. Yeah. He wants to do for everybody. And if you just let Jesus do that in your life, there's nothing he did for Colton that he doesn't want to do for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Hello again. This is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Also, give us a like. We welcome any comments or suggestions you might have. We also ask you to subscribe so that you will be notified of all our future episodes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.